This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you are listening to Episode 17, A Beat of Beer Rocks. That's right, A Beat of Beer Does Rock, and that's what's on the menu today. Uh, you know, I've talked about A Beat of Beer quite a bit, I think, in this show. Uh, I know I've talked about it several times, but I did review two of their beers so far. In Episode 13, I reviewed the Abbey Ale, which is a new brew for Abita. Uh, not only is it a great beer, but it also benefits the local Benedictine monastery here in Covington, Louisiana, and that's uh, St. Joseph Abbey, and I'll tell you more about that later. Uh, in episode 16, we reviewed the Strawberry Harvest Lager, which, once again, is a fantastic springtime beer, uh, and, and I've, got a treat. I've got a treat for you today. Um, uh, this week, I was able to, uh, to meet with Mr. David Blossman, who is the president of Abita Brewing Company, and I had the chance to interview him, so I'm going to share that with you in today's show. You know, Abita started in 1986, and at the time, it was the first craft brewer in the Southeast. Uh, and here we are today in 2009, and they are the largest craft brewer in the United States. So you may have heard of Abita not only from me on this show, but also because your local grocer may carry their beer. And we'll talk about that, too. Uh, all this and more here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Well, we're very fortunate to have with us Mr. David Blossman. David, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Now, David, you are the president of Abita Brewing Company. That's correct. And uh, yeah, I have to tell you, before we... <laughs> Before we go any further, I have to tell you that I'm a huge fan of a beat of beer, and have been. I'm, I, I consider myself fortunate to live in this part of the country. I mean, it's local, mm-hmm. and it's just good. Well, thank you. Good, Appreciate good beer. that. Um, and I think you probably have my ideal job. <laughs> so, uh, how did how did you get started with with uh, with this? Uh, I guess as a, a youngster, I started home brewing, um, and started listening to my grandfather talk about stories, what they did during Prohibition. I had a school mm-hmm. project I had to do. Oh, wow. And he would do a family tree. And this was actually at St. Paul's. And, oh, really? And uh, <laughs> you do the family tree, and then you'd take one person within that family tree and talk about their lifestyle, I mean, their life and mm-hmm. accomplishments and what they went. And, then, you know, part of it, you know, a big deal uh, was Prohibition with my grandfather, you know. And, right. And the, the, also the Great Depression and things like that. So he talked about those things. And it... Uh, it really interests me. It's that you could, well, you could make what you wanted to drink. And, you know, mm-hmm. as uh, a youngster that wasn't able to buy it, right. uh, I figured I'd make it myself yeah. and try that. And so uh, I, I got started early on. I, I, you know, don't want to say the age, but uh, yeah. it's something I don't want my kids to do. Right, but right. I yeah. <laughs> and that, that kind of... That piqued my interest. And so yeah. uh, I, I just kept trying at it and wasn't very good until I got good at it. And then an opportunity came along... Um, to invest in the Beta Brewing Company, which is a startup brewery, mm-hmm. and I did that. Um, and within that was in uh, nineteen eighty six, mm-hmm. and uh, we started, first started brewing beer in eighty six. Mm-hmm. And nineteen eighty seven, my brothers and I had uh, uh, bought uh, out the largest shareholder of a Beta at that mm-hmm. time. So we kind of got my brothers involved in very early on, in, in the formation of the company and yeah. running of the company, and we we're just. Uh, yeah, it's been great. 
Wow. It's uh, and they're they're real foodies too, and then yeah. they they like to hire quality, uh, uh, you know, whether it's wine or beer mm-hmm. or food or whatever right. have you, and they're really right. into it, and they li- like the idea of it. And um, one of my brothers uh, is real big into hunting, and and he, he's real big in in the farming and things mm-hmm. like that and he grows wheat and cotton oh, wow. and other stuff so oh, it, wow. it's important to him to be connected right and uh, this is one way to, to connect to something wholesome like this right and it, does he live around here yeah he's uh, lives in New Orleans and he does all of that well not in New Orleans but he has a farm in, in Vidalia Louisiana oh okay wow it seems to me that because I've been here for 10 years mm-hmm. I believe and just in the last 10 years there's been like a tremendous growth that I've seen in a, as far as uh, types of beer that are available, um, where they're available. I have friends, you know, in different states now, and mm-hmm. used to be if I if I threw the name out, you know, Turbo Dog or uh, a beat of beer or whatever it may be, uh, they would say, "What's that?" You know. But now I can talk to friends in Tennessee or wherever, Alabama or wherever, and they would they would know exactly what I was talking about. So it seems like there's been a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of growth. There has, and we're fortunate for it. Uh, but we just worked hard, used a lot of sweat equity and shoe leather, and we have a lot of passion for what we do. And I think mm-hmm. when uh, people are doing something they really like, they're going to do a better job right. doing it. And we're fortunate. We're also fortunate that there's been a trading up uh, phenomenon going up in this in this country where people want higher quality mm-hmm. food items, and they want to pay for a higher quality as long as there's that value in it. Right. And we try to, to do that. We try to make the world's best beer at a, a value to the consumer. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it's cheap, right? but it's value because it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see that in coffees and teas and chocolates and, and the same thing with beer. And um, We're part of the craft brewing movement. We mm-hmm. were the first craft brewer in the southeast mm-hmm. and also the largest at this time. Wow. And uh, we're involved in that movement. And we're trying to get people to understand the attributes and benefits of a high-quality craft beer mm-hmm. versus a mainstream domestic or import beer. Right. And it's all about flavor and, and being all natural. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we do. Wow. And so uh, it's, a, it's a big wave out there across the country, and, and, and beer is not the only player in it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have Sierra Nevada and Sam Adams and New Belgium, and you can name a bunch of them. And um, we've all done a really good job of growing our category. Yeah. Uh, how many different uh, beers do you brew? Uh, we brew uh, seven flagships, I mean, seven year-round beers, mm-hmm. uh, five seasonals, and then uh, what we call two big beers, the, the Abbey Ale and the Andy Gator, um, and a series called Select, which about five times a year, four times a year, we make a different batch that's just different. And is that is that like the uh, the Bach and the the Mardi Gras Bach? Is that no, that's part of our seasonal lineup. Whereas seasonal every line. time during a certain uh, season of the year, mm-hmm. we come up with the same thing. Right. And part of that, uh, with, in addition to that, we have uh, two harvest beers, mm-hmm. uh, which we have uh, harvest products in it, like strawberries for right. a strawberry harvest right. lager. Um, we have uh, pecans uh, for a pecan ale, pecan harvest ale, and then uh, coming out. Uh, in June, we're going to have a Satsuma wit. Oh, wow. Yeah, so all, all, the, all those things, we use uh, agricultural items from Louisiana. You know, awesome. And it's part of our harvest series. But uh, the Select is just, you know, we 
make a style that people aren't really. It might be well known, might not be well known. Right. You know, we've done saisons from you know Belgium style. You know, we've done pilsners. You know, and we've done uh, oatmeal stouts and oh, yeah. you know, you name it. We, we we try different styles, and some people heard of, some haven't, and uh, it's really neat because it's a great educational opportunity, and for us, it's a blank canvas, and we're artists, scientists, also. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it's it's nice to have art that you need a canvas to paint on. Right. It's mainly perspiration. It's mainly right, hard work. Right, right. That's but there is science, <laughs> and, and, you know. But you need that artistic, uh, you know, abilities, and having that blank canvas of, of the select program helps us with that. Yeah. Now, I mean, how do you come up with all these recipes? It's just like a chef comes up with recipes and a bread, or, or you know, making a dish or crawfish etouffee. It's just you, you know, chefs. It's not a big deal to them because they have the experience and the know-how, and you know, we built that experience and know-how. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know, for instance, in, uh, recently, uh, you've come out with the uh, the Abbey Ale. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, the Andigator is is new as far as being distributed out in a bottle. In a bottle, correct? Because that's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, but the Abbey Ale is new, correct? Now, it, I, I have to tell you, when I was um, I was at Aquista Pace, mm-hmm. I like to go there. Wonderful beer selection and, and wine selection. Uh, it it must have been in January, possibly February, but I was there, I was looking for uh, some beer, and I passed by one of the, the little uh, displays, and I thought I saw a picture of a church. And I kind of did a double take because I recognized it as the Abbey. Yeah. Now, I graduated from the seminary there. Fantastic. So that was in 98, I mm-hmm. believe, 97, 97. And uh, so, I mean, it really caught my attention, of course, so I had to pick up a few bottles. And I brought it home, and Char was just so excited, so we had it that night. And she told me, she knew I was coming here today, she said, tell David that that's my favorite beer. I said, I'll tell him. So how did the whole Abbey Ale come about? Well, um, we're very appreciative of what monks have done uh, and religious orders have done for the art and science of brewing. And people don't realize that, but they've done an awful lot for a long time. And people might have heard of Trappist monks, right. and um, they're an offshoot of the Benedictines. The Benedictines mm-hmm. actually were first, you know, brewing in some of the same breweries, mm-hmm. and then they they had the uh, out of that grew the Trappist order, and they still have existing uh, monastery breweries. Uh, and I think there's seven Trappist ales uh, from Belgium, but there are Benedictine uh, running um, monasteries. Uh, one of them um, is south of Munich, um, Andesh, mm-hmm. and uh, they make the best Dubabach in the world. It's just wow. fantastic mm-hmm. beer, and they make a great um, Hefeweizen and uh, some other beers. But um, And so we wanted to tra- pay tribute to what they've done to the for the brewing industry and beer culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a working, operating abbey right here. Mm-hmm. And um, we thought, you know, how much better, you know, for us to do something to, to attribute overall what they've done around the world, but to help out people in need in our local community. Right. And, you know, it's a big facility, and they, they have lots of need for facility uh, maintenance and stuff like that, and that's where our funds go. And it, besides, it's a beautiful facility. I mean, look at the it church. Is, it's, it's gorgeous. gorgeous. You know, I've always been a fan of it. And um, um, I'm uh, friends with uh, Abbott uh, Justin, mm-hmm. and it just kind of got going and we've always wanted to, to make a, a, a Belgian double style ale mm-hmm. and it just seemed like a natural fit and it's yeah. good for them it's good for us 
Yeah, it works uh, out great. That's beautiful. And uh, well, I'm proud to say that uh, you know we just came out with it uh, in January, mm-hmm. and for the first quarter, uh, their donation level was ten thousand dollars. Wow. So uh, we do uh, three dollars a case that we donate to the St. Joseph Abbey. Wow. That's a that's a uh, I mean it's a it's a charitable endeavor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, helping helping them out. I'm sure. I mean, I, I know I, mean, I know the Abbey, and I know that they have mm-hmm. needs, and it's just so good to see. I mean, not only just local businesses uh, helping out and supporting the Abbey and the work that they do, which the work they do is very important. Yes. I mean, they have the seminary that they run, which I know is uh, uh, it's costly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's costly, uh, but to see, you know, especially, uh, I mean, I think you know, a company like Abita, a brewery, because there is a real connection there between monastic tradition and mm-hmm. and brewing beer. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, for you personally, h- how does uh, your faith mm-hmm. kind of uh, fit in, I guess, with uh, with the work you do here? Well, I mean, those are, th- from a, a beta standpoint, we, I, I try not to um, take any one employee's, you know, we're a big group of people. Right. And we're a team. Right. Sure. And I don't want, you know, my faith to dominate what their faith might be. Right. Although, uh, you know, you have to be evangelistic and, and about that, but you have to be careful about that. Sure, absolutely. And it, it's not so much, it's and also, it, it's, you know, we have, just like we have people of many faith that make the beer here, we mm-hmm. have consumers of many faith. Absolutely. Um, but me personally, you know, not speaking for a beat of it, but, but me personally, um, I, I just, faith is a framework of how to live your life, I guess. Right. And, right. and you know, it's a feeling. And, and I tell you, when you're really deeply faithful and, and you're poor in spirit, mm-hmm. per se, um, you know, when things are going bad around you, you don't worry about them. Right. You know? So I guess if more than anything, it helps with the stress level. <laughs> now, I'm not always in the best of faith, and sometimes it gets to me, but I remind myself, you know, right. that, uh, you know, I did do what I can. I put it all in, in his hands, you know. And, he, he, you know, he's he's got a master plan, and, and it, you know, it, my plan might not be his. Yeah. You know, and uh, but he's been great to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, i got uh, two beautiful kids, a great, uh, you know, lovely wife, and, you know, I love what I do for work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm near my parents. They're healthy. I got brothers. I got family. You know, the things that are really important in life. And there's fun stuff. Being in Louisiana is a fun place it to live. Yeah, I love my LSU Tigers. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, you know, I like watching the Saints. And, you know, there's a sportsman's paradise here. So, I mean, you know, I just, I, I got a great life. And I'm, I've been blessed beyond, uh, you know, all belief that I ever could have a life like this and, and be happy and that's the most important thing, you know, it's yeah. being happy. Right. And uh, I am. And uh, but part of that with success and stuff, uh, there, there comes a responsibility. And sure. And so we, we look to do uh, charitable donations, and we've done those. Our most successful has been the Restoration Ale project, mm-hmm. and we were able to uh, after the hurricane. You know, we were affected, but nowhere near to the degree that uh, the rest of the people in our community were. Right. And so we were down for about two weeks, and we lost about 1,000 barrels of beer. And, you know, but we had insurance. You know, we were going to be up and running. I, you yeah. know, it was a very short-term uh, concern. But the first beer that we were able to brew after the Hurricane Katrina, uh, we made the restoration, um, uh, Florida Lee Restoration Ale. Mm-hmm. And we decided that we would donate, uh, was it uh, 25 cents from every six pack, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, two dollars a case, 
No, that's not right. It was a dollar. It was. It worked out to be four dollars a case, I believe. Right. And we donated that to uh, Louisiana Disaster Recovery Foundation um, and a couple other charitable uh, foundations. Mm-hmm. And it was all for uh, disaster relief or anything related to the storm. And we were able to raise five hundred fifty thousand dollars in two years. And, wow! Uh, and not only that, but the main thing is. Raising awareness. It's like the Abbey being on that bottle raises awareness for St. Joseph's Abbey beyond the benefit of just the 25 cents a bottle donation. Sure. And so I think, you know, long after the national media had lost focus in New Orleans, you know, people could go on the shelves in, you know, Illinois or New York and mm-hmm. see the picture of New Orleans on right there and read something about the back of it. And it made them think about it, you know, that there's still people hurting and still people trying to get back their lives. Wow. So we were, we were happy with that. And so that kind of, that success thought us, you know, we really thought about doing the next project and it, it kind of went into the Abbey Ale. That, that's, that's, that's really incredible. I thought about that. I saw something in the paper the other day. Was it the paper or uh, maybe it was online about the success of the Restoration mm-hmm. Ale? I think it was in the, um, the Clarion Herald had a story about the, the Abbey right. Ale, and they had mentioned uh, about the success of the restoration That's right. uh, project. That's right. See, some of our listeners want to uh, to find Abita and try mm-hmm. and try some of the beers. Uh, where would they go? Where, where, is it kind of like all over the states now? Is um, we're not everywhere, but we're in about 40 uh, states, 42 states. Um, we have our website, uh, com has a where you can find it, uh, a section on there. And you can put in your zip code and how many mile radius you want to drive. And it lists, and you can pick an individual brand, all brands, whether you want to buy it at a, at a restaurant or a bar, or you want to buy it at, you know, in, a, in a grocery store. You can put that kind of information in there. And it'll populate a list of, of places. And uh, most of our distributors, that comes from our distributor sales that are downloaded and put into mm-hmm. the system. Um, and it's accurate and it works well. But there are some distributors that, that don't give detailed sales information right. to us. And, and we can't do that. But, uh, you know, like in Kentucky and Ohio, you would ask for that information. You'd have to put like 150 or 200 miles radius and you would get it but it would be in another state because in that state they don't give us that information right but most places do and it's a great tool to, to, to be able to find uh, a beer to beer um, out there and our consumers are loving it That's makes great. it easy makes them. it easy yeah yeah I read the other day too that uh, the uh, French Quarter Fest mm-hmm. you know responses of that that was apparently a, a really big success as well yes it was uh, last year uh, was our first uh, year of being a sponsor of it and we were when we when the opportunity came around to, to bid on it, and, and we really were excited because it's the locals' festival, right? And we're the local brewery, right? And it just made sense to us. And, and you know, Jazz Fest is a great venue, but it, it's too big for Vita, right? You know, the sponsorship level that Miller Brewing Company pays for it is well more way, way, way more than, than a Vita could could afford, nor could a Vita be the sole supplier to that event. I don't know if we'd have enough product to do that, right? Um, so, uh, you know, this was the next best thing for us. And really, for us, it's even better. It works out perfect. I love the, the, the venues are incredible. It's free, mm-hmm. which I love. It has great music, great food. And 
the difference is is you really have restaurants. The finest, some of the finest restaurants have the food booths there. So I think the food is actually better there than it is at the Jazz Fest. Right. The lines aren't as long. There's access to bathrooms. It just is a lot nicer. And from a tourist standpoint, or somebody that wants to come stay in New Orleans, it's so convenient. You can, right. you know, go take a nap in the middle of the day yeah. in your hotel room, and you can walk back to the festival it's just nice and it's in a bunch of different spots it's a u.s man it's in jackson square it's it's in waterberg park it's just it's a beautiful venue and uh last year uh you know we had we knew what we had to we knew what the goal was was to beat the all-time sales record right and we killed it we crushed it. oh wow and um you know that's that's impressive because you know we we're out selling a big brewery that had it mm-hmm. before you know miller oh and, wow and then uh, this year, uh, we said, oh, well, that was perfect weather, perfect conditions. How, how can we beat yeah, that? Wow. Well, we were up 5% on bigger sales there, which has an indication of how much more people were there. When it wasn't exactly perfect weather. It was nice, but it was windy, and the chance of rain was always there. Right. And in fact, on Sunday, it rained a little bit, and you know, Saturday night. and so, uh, But that, that didn't uh, scare people away, and uh, we did really well with it. And we just liked the image of the event and we like being involved in that image and to keep it I mean it's local you yeah. know I mean it's and it's free it's free yeah that's that's really nice I, John and I had other um, commitments so we couldn't make it uh, that weekend but yeah. we would have loved to be there <laughs> um, now as a foodie I also mm-hmm. have noticed I, I, I did take note of this that you also have a cookbook yeah when did that come about well, I guess years ago we had the idea to, to do it, and um, we do these uh, uh, beer beer dinners where we go to some of the finest restaurants uh, in the area and uh, get with them and, and do a, a, a program where you know for depends on the price you know fifty five to seventy five dollars all inclusive tax tip food beer a lot of times parking everything um, you have a like five six seven course meal depends on the chef and what they want to do. And every course is paired with an Abita beer. And a lot of the courses are made with Abita beer. So we had all this, these great recipes and, 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 you know, menus. And it kind of grew out of that saying, well, that'd be nice to put that in a cookbook. Right. We get busy. There's other stuff going on. We don't concentrate on it. It, it was a big project and big mm-hmm. undertaking, but it, I'm really proud of the way it turned out. It's a beautiful book. We've had participation from some of the finest chefs, you know, around the country, particularly in, uh, in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Paul Prudhomme, Emeril Lagasse, oh, wow. um, uh, Donald Link, Susan Spicer. Uh, I mean, I'm going to awesome. leave people out. I'm sorry <laughs> awesome. about that. But, you know, John <laughs> Fulce, uh, you know, oh, wow. it just, you know, the chefs from Dakota, and, and, and it just, you know, Kim, Chef Kim, just some great, fantastic chefs mm. making incredible meals, you know. Wow. Well, I've never, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm, but I'm looking forward to it. I definitely want to look at that. Yeah, you go online. There's some recipes on there that you can look through, and and it. Uh, I like the way it turned out. It's very interesting um, combinations, and you know, um, the chef from Giacomo's has a, a, a incredible. It's like he, he takes a pulled pork sam, pork bun, deep fries it. You know, oh my goodness! And wow. And cooks the you know the, the, the pulled pork down with. You know, I think it was beet turbo dog or oh. amber. And, you know, just some really neat things and um, uh, unique recipes. And some are complex and some aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they're all good. 
And obviously, uh, Marcel Bienvenue helped write the book, and she yeah. has some of her recipes. And she's awesome. Yeah, she is very I, good. I love her. I, I love that cookbook. Uh, uh, Who's your mama? Are you oh, Catholic? Catholic? And can you cook a room? It's <laughs> a great right. name, and it's a great cookbook. It's awesome. It really and that's is. hers. So. It is. Uh, I've, I um, actually bought a copy of that for my wife for Christmas, yeah. and uh, we, we looked through there. Yeah. And it's amazing, too, how many things are, I mean, recipes that are in the family. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we, we cook this. Our parents cook this, you know. Mm. Uh, but it's just it's genuine Louisiana. It's really good. And the cookbook, uh, we also wanted to educate people on about the, the, the history of beer, history of beer in New Orleans, the history of a beer to beer, and how we make it, and uh, how to serve it, and how to pair it. Wow. And so there's a lot of information there. It's more than just a cookbook. It's almost like a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. Now, if some of the listeners were interested in, in getting a copy mm-hmm. of that, can they order that online? Is that available? Yeah, they can buy it from our visitor's uh, center downstairs uh, here at the brewery, or uh, they can go online and buy it. Oh, good. Okay. I think it's thirty-four dollars. Great. Okay. Well, David, it was a pleasure, and thank you so much for spending this time with us. Well, I enjoyed it, and thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And I think I'm gonna go home now and have a have a beer. Yeah. It's gonna be in a beta beer. Thank you. (laughs) It's it's amazing just by talking about. You know, food or, or, or beer makes you hungry or thirsty for oh, yeah. one of you know. Absolutely. Well, when we were doing the cookbook and arranging everything, I, I, I get you know I think I gained a lot of weight just because I get hungry just by oh, thinking yeah. about it. You know. Oh yeah. Well, we had a there was a, an article that came out in the New York Times uh, a few days ago, and it had to do with like TV cooking versus real cooking. Mm-hmm. And you know, everybody has a fascination with cooking and, and with. Um, I mean, there's sort of sort of a, a mystery about it, and you know it's interesting because I've part of my take on it. There really is a spirituality I think around food and meals and shared meals, mm-hmm. but there is sort of this mystique about food and food prepar- preparation. Mm-hmm. So we love to watch Food Network and and these cooking shows, these chefs who are entertaining, but mm-hmm. I mean they they work magic in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I think you're right. I mean cookbooks. Uh, the TV shows, I mean, those are, um, they can make you hungry. <laughs> but I, I agree, there's something spiritual about that. You're getting some of God's gifts to us and, and you know, right. from the beautiful gift of nature. And you, you, it's like you're connected to it because mm-hmm. you got the, like if you're baking something or, or, or brewing with the grains. And you have the right. grains and, and, you know, and, you know, you're, you're changing and transforming them. And it's, uh, it's more than this nourishment. And obviously, it's fun for a lot of people. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Well, it's it's the 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 way I look at it, and I think which is really one of the uh, the driving forces behind uh, the Catholic foodie is the mm-hmm. fact that it's really sacramental. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was a uh, Father uh, Oscar. Uh, his last name is going to escape me now. It was a, he wrote a book called The Privilege uh, to Be Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about what he called the sacramental principle. Mm-hmm. And we have the seven sacraments and all that, but this is the fact that creation itself is sacramental in nature. God uses created things to touch us and give us grace. And that's why I look at, at food and relationships and meals from that mm-hmm. standpoint. It really is mm-hmm. uh, spiritual or sacramental. Mm-hmm. So, Well, once again, thank you so much. Well, thank this you. has been a pleasure. Likewise.
you enjoyed that, uh, that interview. Uh, it was such a pleasure to talk with David, and uh, it was nice just to be there also at the brewery. And I didn't take a tour. They do have tours available, uh, but I, I just um, I didn't have time, and I, I don't think it was the appropriate day. They usually do tours on the weekend. And uh, the, his office actually is, is right there by the visitor center, so it's uh, a little distance, not too far, but just a little distance away from uh, the brewery itself. And uh, the, the, um, the visitor center, when you walk in, it's, it's beautiful. Oh, it, it's, like a, it's set up almost like a, a bar. And I, I was just so, um, I don't know, it, it, it kind of changes your uh, demeanor for the better. You know, it kind of relaxes you, I think, when you walk in, at least me, when you walk into an establishment like that. Uh, you know, you see all the, uh, the taps uh, behind the bar. And uh, oh, it was just nice. It was very nice. And I, I, one thing I wanted to bring up in the interview, and I completely forgot, is that uh, David and and uh, uh, he supports um, theology on tap. And I, I don't know if you've heard of that ministry before, but theology on tap is really for uh, people over eighteen or twenty-one, I guess, uh, over twenty-one who can uh, drink. And it's it takes place in a bar. And uh, they have different venues, and they've got the- theology on tap like across the country in different places. And here in New Orleans, on the North Shore, uh, we have theology on tap uh, at uh, at the Abita Brewery Visitor Center. So that's really uh, pre- pretty awesome. I, my schedule hasn't allowed me to uh, to be there on one of those uh, nights. And matter of fact, the first one for the summer, the one that's coming up in June, I'm going to be at the CNMC, the Catholic New Media celebration in San Antonio, so I won't be able to make that one either. I just pray that uh, perhaps in July I can make it. Anyway, Theology on Tap is a fantastic ministry. Uh, It brings young people together uh, who are at least of age, right, to drink, Uh, brings them together in a a comfortable, relaxed environment, Uh, and they have a a speaker who will speak on different topics of of faith. So it, it is actually a wonderful way of bringing food and faith together, Theology of the Body. Anyway, uh, I left the uh, interview, and I thought, you know what, I've, I can't leave the interview you know, after, after interviewing David Blossman, president of Abita Brewing Company, and not go drink a beer. So I, I stopped by the store, and I picked up a, uh, a, an Abita Turbo Dog. I'm going to open the bottle now. I'm using a different mic setup here, and I don't know if it'll come through, but we'll give it a shot. I think you could hear that. And now the pour. All right, it pours uh, very well. Uh, It's got a a nice uh, creamy head to it. It looks, uh, the head looks very similar to uh, a Guinness uh, stout. And um, and it's staying, it's not not receding. So that's very good. I'm gonna, uh, let's see, Let let me just go ahead and take a sip here. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's got. Um, I mean, first of all, it's it's very. It's a dark beer. It's very dark. It's kind of like a stout. Looks like a stout. Very brown, uh, brown to black, kind of in that category. And it's got a um, uh, a slightly uh, slightly bitter taste, yet a, a kind of a, a chocolatey taste as well. Um, another sip. Mm. That's really good. Um, it, it's uh, it's also it's got it's well carbonated. Um, 
you know, sometimes you get a, a, a stout or, or a dark, uh, real dark beer, and it, it may not be as um, uh, carbonated as other beers. But uh, personally, I like carbonation, and this is very well carbonated, and my dog is barking in the background. It does have a, a bit of a, a, a malty flavor to it, um, and it's not sweet, okay? It is not sweet, even though it does have uh, kind of a taste of, I don't know, like uh, chocolate, what I've already said, and, and perhaps a, uh, a bit of toffee, um, something it kind of actually kind of smells almost like toffee it, it really it really does it smells a bit like toffee so it's it's not really a heavy beer though i'd say it's about medium about medium uh body and and now that i've taken a few sips i can look at the glass and uh it's got a good lacing which is which is great on a beer uh the way it slides down the glass and uh, I would say, I mean, this is a, it's a good beer, and it's one that you could, uh, you could drink well. It's, it's not a, um, uh, it's, it's very drinkable, so it's, it's good. It's, it's a, it gets an A in my book, but of course, I had already tasted it before. Uh, the back of the label says, Abita, Abita Turbo Dog is a dark brown ale brewed with a combination of pale, crystal, and chocolate malts, dry hopped with the finest Will, uh, Willamette hops, and fermented using a unique German ale yeast. Each batch is handcrafted using the pristine artisan waters, or I'm sorry, artesian waters of Abita Springs, Louisiana, uh, resulting in a rich body and color and a sweet chocolate toffee flavor. Guided by our principle of quality before quantity, Turbo Dog is uh, cold filtered and brewed in small batches using no additives or preservatives. Like all of our beers, Turbo Dog is prepared with the attention to detail upon which we have built our reputation as one of the country's finest breweries. And, you know, it's really cool, and I, I love how this happens. Um, I, I don't, when I do these reviews, uh, typically I do not, actually, not typically, I just don't. I don't read the back of the label first. I want to kind of give my, get my own uh, opinion, uh, taste out, or test out my taste buds first, and uh, and then I'll, I'll take a look at the back of the label. And it, it seems like I was I was pretty good this time. I uh, I, I mentioned certain things here: the chocolate, the uh, 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 the, the the toffee, and uh, and here you go. It's it's got the same stuff on the back of the label. So, all right, I recommend it. Turbo Dog Abita Brewery. Uh, check that one out. During this year of St. Paul, Catholics around the globe have been harnessing the power of new media and social networking sites such as Facebook and Twitter to reach out and evangelize to a worldwide audience. Would you like to learn more about Catholic new media, discover how parishes are reaching out to their flock in new and exciting ways? Attend this year's Catholic New Media Celebration being held in San Antonio, Texas on Saturday, June 27th. Hear from keynote speakers, noted author Patrick Madrid, and Father Dave Dwyer of Sirius XM Radio's Busted Halo Show. Enjoy a concert by Catholic musical artist Sarah Bauer. Network with Catholic new media professionals and consumers at this day-long celebration. Learn more about podcasting, blogging, streaming video, and more. Hosted by the StarQuest Production Network, leaders in Catholic new media, this year's Catholic new media celebration promises to be bigger and better than ever. For details and registration, visit celebration.sqpn.com. I'm very happy to say that the Catholic Foodie will be at the CNMC this year. 
in San Antonio. I can't wait. I'm so excited, and I, I hope that you're going to be there. Uh, it'd be awesome to see you there at the CNMC. Um, and so I will. Uh, I look forward to seeing you. And uh, this just about wraps up the show today. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, suggestions, uh, you can give me a call at 985-635-4974. Uh, love voice feedback, hint, hint. Uh, please give me a call. Uh, you can also leave email feedback at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Well, I hope you have enjoyed the show today. Uh, I have enjoyed being here with you. And until next time, bon appetit.